I'm going to do something today that I have never gotten to do before. And that is turn the tables on somebody who has interviewed me and I get to interview him. I'm incredibly excited for you to meet somebody that I really uh, admire in so many ways. Joe Pinion, welcome to the program. Good to be here. Thank you for having me. And yes, it is a bit of uh, <laughs> a bit of a turning of the tables, as they shall say. <laughs> so, Joe, um, I first learned about you watching you on Newsmax, and your um, your monologues were amazing. And uh, and then I got a chance to be on your show. And what I so appreciated was the frank way that you spoke about. Uh, not only supporting American law enforcement, but just your understanding of how haywire our justice department, you know, our justice system in America has, it's just gone haywire. We're living in opposite world sometimes. Um, but you didn't just opine about this on the news. We'll talk about that in a minute. But you also decided to get involved politically. So let's talk about all that. First of all, Joe, just tell people a little bit about your media career. Yeah, I mean, for, for those that don't know, I was uh, most recently the host of Saturday Agenda on Newsmax, fastest growing cable network uh, in America by some standards. Uh, and I had a tremendous opportunity there um, at this inflection point where Americans of all political persuasions uh, felt as if the mainstream media was telling them untruths. And so I think in many ways, whether you're talking about the first, whether you're talking about Newsmax, whether you're talking about so many uh, networks that people have turned to in search of just being able to understand what's happening in the world, I think that there was a huge opportunity there. And we saw the people fleeing uh, like rats from a burning ship in search of the truth. And so for me, making the decision uh, to in many ways get out from behind the camera um, and get into the political arena, uh, much to my mother's chagrin, uh, was because as I explained to my mother, there's some things in life worse than not having your own television show. It's called not having the country. Um, and I think that we are on that precipice. Uh, when you look at a nation torn asunder uh, by racial divisions that do not need uh, to happen, um, in the pursuit of profiteering um, at the expense of communities that need our help the most. Uh, when you look at what happened in this country in one year alone, 2021 becoming the deadliest year to wear a badge in the history of this nation uh, due to the three most dangerous words in modern politics, defund the police. Um, and so you had uh, a 125% increase in ambush killings for law enforcement. Uh, you had communities uh, that were torn asunder, 90% uh, increase in shootings in New York City, 30% increase in homicide in New York City, 12 US cities hitting all time highs for homicide. It's not because the American people became more homicidal. It's because we decided that we are going to elevate the needs and concerns for the lawless above the lawful. Um, and so for me, became abundantly apparent whether we are looking at something um, as sacred as no American left behind, trampled on in Afghanistan, uh, $2 trillion of nation building falling apart in less than 11 days, Americans left behind, the last snapshot of America in the region, 
a plane with our nation's name emblazoned on the side uh, with innocent civilians falling from 20,000 feet in the air. We went to Afghanistan uh, to combat the images of people plunging to their death from the Twin Towers. And now we will likely have to go back at some point because of that horrifying image of people clinging to US planes for their life. Uh, so that is the cowardice that has been placed on display by our leaders. Uh, Chuck Schumer, whether you are left of Bernie Sanders, whether you are right of Donald Trump, his fingerprints are on everything that has gone wrong in our politics today. And I think particularly when you start talking about law enforcement, if there is one person uh, who is most responsible for you not being able to look your spouse in the eye with confidence and tell them that you will be home safely, if there is one person who has made it more difficult for you to render the aid necessary in communities that depend on law enforcement the most. It is Chuck Schumer because he was supposed to be the adult in the room that put this childish nonsense to bed. And instead he allowed children like AOC to hijack a national conversation and people died because of it. Absolutely, Joe. And this is the thing. I think that New York really is the epicenter of the defund the police movement especially thanks to politicians like AOC, who is truly a child, you know, with a really important legislative seat. And she's not giving up on her defund the police rhetoric. In fact, recently she has doubled and tripled down. And so you decided to get politically involved and, you know, there was a lot of talk about AOC taking on Chuck Schumer, but you changed that narrative, didn't you? Well, look, I, I think in many ways, uh, Chuck Schumer was able to do what he has always done, uh, leverage the power of the special interest uh, to maintain his own hold on power, which he does not use to enhance the outcomes for the people who have entrusted him with that responsibility of leadership. Uh, so we are a state of 19 million and shrinking. New York leads the nation in outward migration. One million people have voted with their feet. They have left of this state because we are a working class state filled uh, with working class people and not nearly enough working class opportunities to be found. Uh, that is the legacy of Chuck Schumer's 42 year tenure in Washington, D.C. He has been in the United States Senate for 24 years. He took the oath of office to enter Congress uh, before I was even born in 1980. And so we have seen in many ways, as we look at poverty, uh, run amok in New York State. We're supposed to be a progressive bastion. I've got one out of three Black children living in poverty that would say something to that. Uh, we've got three out of five Black children that call the Bronx New York home that would have something to say about that. I've got two out of five children of all colors and creeds uh, living in Syracuse, New York, that would have something to say about that. And so to me, when you look at our nation, 12 million children uh, living in poverty that we rarely speak about. Uh, when you look at the fact that we have a preponderance of children all across this country who cannot read at grade level, the left wants to talk about healthcare as a human right. How about reading um, as a human right? Literacy uh, for every single child that calls this nation home. These are the priorities that I bring to this race because the person that I am running against, the U.S. majority Senate Majority Leader uh, for the nation, uh, not a political appointment alone. It is a moral responsibility. He has failed uh, in that moral obligation uh, to bring this nation together in many ways 
he is chiefly responsible uh, for the failure of the Biden administration. And to be clear, I did not vote for Joe Biden, but I want him to be successful, as you want every president of this nation to be successful. Uh, he has failed to be our unifier in chief. And part of that is because his agenda is being implemented by people more interested in political power and political posturing than what is right for the American people, what is right for law enforcement, what is right for the middle class that is becoming an endangered species on his watch. Joe, when I was running a, a crime prevention unit for my agency, we studied New York, specifically New York City, as these way as the absolute way to go when it came to preventing crime. New York at that time was the safest big city in the nation, one of the safest in the world. What happened? Uh, I, I think a lot of things happened, but I think uh, in many ways, uh, like a poison pill that it is, uh, we allowed this permissiveness for lawlessness to get into the drinking water. And once it gets into the drinking water, it leaches into every facet of our everyday lives. And so there's been this notion that somehow you can pull a billion dollars out of a police budget on a Monday, put it back on a Friday and pretend that nothing happened. Uh, people in law enforcement know better. They know that those people with the experience, with the gray hairs, they retire because they don't need the headache. Uh, we know that the individuals who are not yet ready to assume leadership uh, find themselves in command of units uh, that are younger than ever before, less trained than ever before, and less resourced in order to do the job they have been designated to do. Uh, so again, uh, there are such a thing as unintended consequences that can be lethal when you're talking about positions that have been entrusted with the caring and protection of the people that call this nation home our chief responsibility to the citizens of this nation to make sure that they can be safe, uh, irrespective of the color of their skin or the zip code in which they live. We have zip codes all across this country overrun with crime and violence, uh, big cities and small alike. Um, and so again, I think when you look at the, the big picture, uh, when you look at what's happening on our southern border, uh, where we have now, because of an open sesame border, uh, where the left has called the southern border the new Ellis Island, uh, it's really monstrous. Uh, I know what was not happening at Ellis Island. The people that came to Ellis Island were looking for freedom and opportunity, whether they spoke a word of English or not. Uh, in, in exchange for this permissiveness on the southern border, we have Chinese cartels that have teamed up with Mexican cartels. And now the leading cause of death for Americans aged 18 to 45 is fentanyl. Joe, how do you think we can fight this false narrative that the police need to be disfunded, uh, defunded, the police are the problem, the police are murdering African-American men that are unarmed, and that the police are the cause of crime and all the other crime-related ills that we have in this country. How do we fight that? And what's your plan uh, to specifically help fight that? Well, I think as the saying goes, men lie, women lie, numbers don't lie. Uh, and the numbers dictate that defund the police um, has effectively made the United States gov uh, government uh, the unindicted co-conspirator for countless homicides, uh, for countless assaults, for countless rapes, uh, for countless uh, premeditated attacks. Uh, so when I've got women who work in C-suites 
um, in New York City being shoved in front of subway cars. Uh, again, being targeted because of their race, being targeted because of their sex. Uh, when we have seen, again, even in places like Wayne County, New York, you couldn't even find it on a map, your average American. And yet they are seeing this precipitous increase in crime, uh, where you're actually having to deal with the fact that they have to bring in outside prosecutors to keep a backlog of homicide, uh, there are stories like that all across this country. I mean, you talk about unintended homicide. If I walked into a bar and tried to get a glass of wine and they gave me a glass of hemlock, uh, that is murder. Um, and yet that's what's happening all across this country. Uh, with the spike in fentanyl all across this land, most people aren't looking for fentanyl. Uh, they just come across it by uh, drug dealers on the black market who effectively are trying to pad their pockets by cutting the actual original content and spiking it with this lethal concoction. So uh, we have to have leadership that prioritizes these needs. Uh, we've got children all across this country uh, that are falling victim uh, to this. I mean, overdoses have skyrocketed. We got the uh, actual doctors in white coats who stopped giving out the Oxycontin. They have been replaced uh, by shadowy figures on the black market uh, that are making sure that mothers everywhere from Tuscaloosa, Alabama, uh, to Tempe, Arizona, to New York City, um, have to get that unfortunate news that their child is no longer here and that they will have to put them um, six feet under. Uh, so we have serious issues that we have to confront here. When you look at things like inflation uh, run amok, uh, it's economic violence uh, that has been thrust upon the middle class because our leaders like Chuck Schumer, like President Biden, decided to debase the American dollar printing money like there was no tomorrow to deal with the virus of foreign origin for which we have yet to hold the nation of origin accountable. So what kind of support are you getting from your local community? And then uh, what else are you hearing in nationally as you enter the political fray as a kind of as an outsider, right? Well, look, I mean, here's the hard truth, right? President Trump entered uh, as an outsider. Uh, he got a lot of pushback. Uh, he's talked about draining the swamp. I like to remind people often, uh, the swamp did not include just Democrats. Uh, we've got a lot of swamp creatures. Uh, they come with D's next to name, R's next to name, I's next to their name. Um, they've got a lot of things next to their name to hide what they truly are. Uh, so we've been forced enough. We got in this race uh, a little over a month ago, January 17th, Martin Luther King Day, uh, to be exact. We've raised money from 46 uh, different states all across this country because they know uh, no matter where you live, that Chuck Schumer uh, is responsible uh, for the pain that they're enduring. Uh, so people recognize that he is a threat to their everyday reality, is a, a threat to the American Republic as we intend it. Uh, but we also have to make sure that we get the help that we need uh, up and, and down uh, the corridors of New York. So we've had uh, good success here in those initial outreaches, but we still need uh, people to volunteer, to make phone calls, to knock on doors. Uh, we are going to build that uncommon coalition. Uh, people can go to joepinion.com uh, to help us do so. Uh, because again, uh, we are not fighting uh, matters just of the flesh here. This is a spiritual battle here. Um, and that spiritual battle does unfortunately sometimes include people um, who are happy to take back the Senate, uh, but also would like a Chuck Schumer to be there so that he can be the boogeyman they can point to. Uh, I think in many ways you have to get rid of the boogeyman to ensure the nightmare ends once and for all. 
So, Joe, you're a black man in America. Aren't you supposed to vote Democrat, hate the police, and uh, et cetera, et cetera? Isn't there a narrative that you're supposed to follow? How? What do people? What are people saying to you um, about your loyalty to the black community? What kind of things do you hear? Well, look, as I remind people, I was I was black the day I was born. I I will be black the day that I die. Um, and I'm proud, proud to be a member of the black community, but I'm also proud to be an American. Um, and I think to me, uh, what is often best for America as we pursue uh, that most perfect union is inevitably what is good for black people. You cannot pursue life, liberty, or happiness if you have to lock your doors for fear uh, that crime is just a hop, skip, and a jump away if you fear that the lawlessness won't even stay away from you when you've locked the doors to your home. You cannot pursue life, liberty, or happiness if your children are not being provided with the tools they need to become the best version of themselves. You cannot pursue a life, liberty, or happiness if you are of the mindset uh, that we should simply uh, have people uh, be judged by the color of their skin and the color of their skin should dictate what their politics should be, should dictate what neighborhoods they should live in, should dictate the company that they keep. Uh, that sounds a little bit like bigotry if it is not actually racism. And whether it is racism or bigotry or prejudice, these are things that we should not want to inspire um, in the next generation or, or condone from any generation. So I think in this election, we have a chance uh, to give the people of New York a choice for the first time in 24 years, but more importantly, uh, to create a blueprint for the nation, to create a blueprint for our party about what true, meaningful sincerity of purpose looks like, to show people that we can show up in communities that typically do not vote for people with an R next to their name. And if we demonstrate that we are sincere in our concern, uh, that those individuals will take it upon themselves to get more informed. Uh, because as I often tell many people in the Republican Party, uh, the Black community is not uneducated, they're unconvinced. Uh, we have a lot of convincing to do, uh, but you have to start off by acknowledging uh, that even if they disagree with us, their concerns come from a place of goodness. Uh, the average American doesn't have the time to wallow in evil thoughts, uh, but they can wallow in fear. Uh, we can start to pull back on that fear, but first we have to acknowledge it frankly and understand who inspired that fear. And that starts with politicians who are not actually empowering the American people to live free and die on their own terms. Joe, New York, much like my native Chicago, is just overrun with what the Democrats like to call gun crime or gun violence. And, uh, and there, is, there are so many issues with the Second Amendment in urban areas like New York, like Chicago, like LA, um, and especially in African-American communities. I know in Chicago, there are many activists who are trying to get legal gun ownership, um, good training for citizens when it comes to firearms, uh, more mainstream. Is that something that New York would also embrace and something that you would embrace to, for people to help protect themselves when the police can't be everywhere? Well, look, I think first and foremost, uh, the Second Amendment was made for a reason. Um, was put as the Second Amendment right after the First Amendment for a reason. Uh, we have a Bill of Rights for a reason. Um, people that try to act as if somehow 
that all the other amendments mean something, but the Second Amendment somehow is no longer relevant. Uh, I think I don't understand the, true, the full intent of the Constitution writ large. Uh, we are a nation founded uh, to escape the tyranny of a king, founded to ensure that all individuals would never have to deal with the tyranny of a majority founded first and foremost to protect the ultimate minority, which has nothing to do with the color of your skin, but everything to do with protecting individual liberty. Uh, there can be no individual liberty if you are not afforded the opportunity and the right to defend yourself. That starts first and foremost with the words that come out of our mouth, but it also comes to that second amendment, which gives you the right to protect your life and your property um, if it comes to that. Uh, so I think, yes, there are many people across this country who are recognizing that perhaps that second amendment that they never really thought was applicable to their lives may need to be dusted off um, and revisited. But I think, again, that is the nature of a nation of laws, uh, that the laws are there at your disposal when you need to avail yourself of said laws. Um, and that's why we have to fight like hell to make sure uh, that our republic is protected and you cannot have an American republic without a constitution. And that means making sure that we protect the second amendment. Joe, I can't wait to see where this takes you. And I want everyone to follow you, to learn more about you. Where can they do that? They can go to joepinion.com. That's J-O-E-P-I-N-I-O-N.com. Uh, they can uh, visit us on Instagram, obviously. I am uh, Joe Pinion. They find us on Facebook, Joseph Pinion, uh, the whole word. Uh, so yes, uh, we have a movement here, a grassroots movement to give the people of New York a chance to have a choice. But remember again, what Chuck Schumer does in the name of New Yorkers down in DC, it impacts every single one of us from your child's ability to read to their ability to go to school without a mask over their face. Joe, thanks so much for spending time with us today. And if you would like more information about the National Police Association, visit us at nationalpolice.org. Last year, law enforcement officers were involved in hundreds of thousands of use of force incidents. A use of force incident is when an officer must use nonverbal tactics to gain control of a dangerous situation. Put the knife on the ground. In many cases, officers have no choice but to use force when a suspect doesn't comply with a lawful order. Use of force is always ugly. No one likes it, especially police officers. Together, we can help de-escalate these dangerous encounters. Help police officers by complying with their lawful orders. Don't attack, attempt to disarm, or flee from an officer. Use of force is an officer's last option. Most incidents can be avoided by not resisting arrest. If you feel you've been wrongfully detained by a police officer, then seek a legal solution after the encounter has been resolved. Let's keep everyone safe. Comply now and complain later.